or any, you know, it doesn't measure you that you're not as good of a mom as someone else who didn't experience that. That's not true. And, and we have to, you know, think about what do we believe to be true and then reprogram that so that we can start being more willing to, to share the experiences that we've had. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Sasha Nicole about her mental struggles and the thoughts she was having in the postpartum period, how she overcame those feelings of guilt and shame, and how she now is an advocate for maternal mental health and sharing our stories with others. Hey mamas, how's it going? I just want to really talk about this episode beforehand and prepare you for what's to come. This one specifically has been a struggle for me because mentally it is such a game in the postpartum period. And as you all know, I am in that initial postpartum period myself. So this was recorded a couple months ago and Isaac was still at home. He was crying during the episode and I was juggling all the things and I really just had a rough day overall recording this and so I was dreading the editing and oh like this probably is going to sound terrible and I was in such a mood but there's just so much there because of the place that I was at. So if you are in this similar situation and you have some judgment circling mental health and really just feeling that shame and guilt for the thoughts that you're having, this episode is for you. And I hope it is able to lift you up and allow you to feel like you are in a safe place and that your feelings are valid. And here we are, me and Sasha are now on the other side of these things. Like I said, I'm still in that initial postpartum period, but I'm feeling so much better. And it really is a healing process. And we don't have to drop that shame and guilt right away or even be at a point to talk about it. But that time will come and we'll be here to listen. So pop in those headphones, turn up the volume, and let's get this episode started. Hello, and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I'm super happy and excited to have you here today. How about you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners? I am super excited as well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm definitely happy to be here. I go by Sasha Nicole, and I've been a mental health advocate in the wellness industry for about 10 years. I survived severe postpartum depression and also uh, currently thrive with my own mental health condition, dealing with depression and anxiety. I like to call myself more of like an accountability partner coach because my, my main goal is to really not only help moms who are experiencing postpartum depression, but to really help moms to feel more confident and courageous. I do that with various courses, videos, coaching. And so I just have a mission where I just really want to see people who are healed and living a, a whole life and just doing what really makes them happy. So that would be a little bit about me. Yeah. So how about you kind of start off 
you know, with your journey of postpartum depression and when did you, you know, realize that was going on and, and what was the steps that you were taking to get to where you are now? Yes. Yeah, so for me, when I first had my daughter, uh, you know, when they tell you like in the movies and the storybooks and, and the, you have this vision that when you have your baby, that it's just going to be this instantaneous connection and that you're never going to love another thing the way that you love your baby. And it's going to be instant. And it, it's just, you're going to feel all the feels. And so for me, when my daughter came, I didn't have that. I didn't have the feels. I didn't have that instant connection. I didn't have that instantaneous moment like television shows where I just automatically never knew a love like this. I was in awe, you know, at, at the fact of like, wow, you know, this is a real living human being. So I, I definitely to this day am still in awe sometimes when I look at her uh, that we can even, you know, produce, you know, in, in this magnitude um, and they have their own minds and ways of, of things that they do. But I didn't have that feeling. I didn't have that instantaneous connection. I definitely had more of this sense of obligation of just, well, you know, I'm her mom. I, I've brought her into this world. I'm supposed to take care of her. And that was really all that I felt, especially going home. Like it still didn't come even after the days in the hospital. Uh, it just, it never came to me. And, and as time went on, I still didn't feel or grasp that connection that I really wanted to have. It wasn't something that I didn't want to experience. It was just something um, that wasn't occurring. And so Shortly after arriving home, I definitely started to experience what a lot of people know more as the baby blues, where I just was, I was having crying spells. I felt sad. I felt irritable. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking like, okay, you know, I'm just tired, new mom, things of that nature. Uh, but as time went on, it didn't go away. And a lot of times, you know, that's how we start to differentiate between the baby blues and postpartum depression is that it's ongoing. And so it still was consistent in the feelings that I was having. And at this point, it definitely, it started to get worse. I started to then develop thoughts of actually harming her. Uh, and that experience in itself, it was very emotional. It was very scary. It wasn't something that I wanted to experience, you know, but I couldn't help the thoughts that I was having uh, in regards to her and all the things that, you know, when I walked past the steps and wanting to throw her and, and or just all the things that I would think about uh, and so that was definitely the journey that I went on for almost two years uh, in terms of dealing with postpartum depression. And I'm just very thankful I didn't get to that psychosis part, which is typically what happens when you see moms who actually act out on those thoughts that they're having towards the child. Uh, but it definitely was a very hard journey uh, in reference to that. And it, it took some time for me to get to get through that. Yeah, I feel like it can be a real struggle when you're having those thoughts and, you know, who wants to share that? Who wants to say that they're having those internal thoughts and that is going on in their mind? The conversations that we have around mental health and those kinds of things, I think it kind of puts us in a place that we're terrified to say those things. Like we don't want to have our child taken away from us. We don't want people to think that we're unfit to be the caretaker for our child. So, you know, did you have anybody that you felt comfortable sharing these things with? Or what was the process like of understanding, you know, these thoughts aren't normal and I should be seeking 
help to work through them? No. So for me, it was a very lonely experience. I didn't, I didn't have, you know, anyone that I felt like I could share that type of um, just, you know, experience that I was having. Like you said, I mean, very afraid of like, if I, if I say anything to someone, are they going to take her away or the judgment, the guilt, you know, because this isn't something that I wanted to feel. And, and I didn't feel like, you know, constantly having these thoughts were normal. Um, I didn't come from a family where mental health was something that was communicated or talked about in any way. It was often, you know, shamed for, you know, revealing or even saying that you were feeling depressed. Uh, So for me, you know, my uh, background and in growing up was definitely, you know, you just need to pull yourself up. You just need to get through it and get over it. And even when I did express something to one of my family members, it was, you know, the response was, well, you know, you're a mom, like you're not the only mom in the world, like do what you need to do. And so, you know, there, I don't think that there really wasn't an understanding that this is not, you know, um, something that's natural. This is a real disorder. This is something that women are really dealing with and it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm not the only mom in the world. So it was a very lonely experience. And when I finally did say something to my actual OB, you know, the response uh, was immediately, it was just Zoloft. And I didn't, again, coming from my background, like I wasn't okay with taking uh, antidepressant at that time in my life. Like I was absolutely against it uh, and really just looked down. It, looked, it was looked down upon for, to even need something of that nature. And I also wasn't as honest to her about the thoughts that I was having because, again, that fear of, of what was taking place and, and, and just also not even knowing like the options. Like one of the things that should have been recommended from the first gate instead of the antidepressant was definitely, you know, therapy. Um, I definitely think for where I was, the antidepressant um, was needed. But there are other things that you, you definitely a step process that you should go through when you're experiencing postpartum depression. It definitely was a journey. At one point, I finally did tell uh, one of my best friends at the time and her mom, who was a nurse, uh, came to stay with me for about a week or two to really help me out. Uh, and so that was definitely a blessing. But even then, like my friendships, you know, revealing anything like that, it was a lot of judgment. It was a lot of like, you know, like you're feeling this way on your own and, and you can just get through it in that. Um, and you can just stop thinking that, and that's not necessarily the case, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of times with our family or the shame that's associated around it, it's one of those things like, oh, well, yeah, we just deal with it. We get over it. Like, I think it's like one of those things like, well, I didn't get any help. So like, why should you get help? Or this is just the load of motherhood. And these are the things that just come with it. And I think the longer we kind of let that be the norm, so you will, like the longer there's going to be people that are suffering. And I think for individuals that don't have, I guess, like the mental illness side of it, they can't comprehend like those thoughts that somebody is having. Like they don't get like, like get, just get over it. Like, why are you thinking like this? Like they don't understand that it is an illness. Right. So can you kind of go into that a little bit and, and talk about, I guess, how we should be reframing the conversation and addressing it for what it is and, saying, you know, it is an illness. You could be doing 
quote unquote, all the things, and it still is not going away unless you're treating it correctly. Yeah. So when you think of, you know, the postpartum experience, when we're talking about like a perinatal uh, disorder, there's a variety of different experiences that you can have. And so a lot of times people, you know, are most familiar with the, with the baby blues or postpartum depression. But when we start to get into the actual disorder of it, you have your postpartum depression, you actually have postpartum anxiety, there's postpartum OCD, there's even panic disorder, even PTSD. And when, you, and when we're talking about postpartum depression, statistics show that it's one in seven women. So one in seven women is a, is, is, is a pretty significant number of women who are actually experiencing it, but more than 50% of women are saying that they, they usually go without it being treated. Um, and, and it varies in terms of their experience with it. And so these are actual, you know, real disorders. OCD is an actual disorder. Uh, anxiety is a real disorder and PTSD. And, you know, this is an, a disorder. So these are not things that someone can just at the flip of the switch just say that, oh, I'm just going to stop this from happening. Uh, it, it definitely requires a lot of work on a person's end to get the help that they need to do the things that they need to do in terms that's serving them uh, in order to, to help them get well. Uh, so it is uh, something that people have to understand that it is a medical uh, condition. Uh, and so I think that the more people understand that this isn't a fly by the night type of experience, but an actual medical condition, I think the more that, you know, maybe there could be uh, just more conversation surrounding and more empathy in terms of the experience that's being had. Uh, and then there, there's also in, in terms of when we think of like, well, what does that, that treatment look like, especially when you get to that, that place? And as I mentioned earlier, you know, this is something that has to either be treated by therapy that has to be treated um, by a potential antidepressant. When it starts to get more severe, there's also different things such as ECT. Uh, which is uh, basically, it's like an electrical stimulation of the brain. And then there, you know, not, uh, not too long ago, I think a few years, uh, there was a first medication that was FDA approved um, to specifically actually help uh, with postpartum depression. So, you know, this is definitely something that is, is a disorder. This is something that, that should definitely be taken seriously. And I think with any postpartum disorder, it's kind of, it's one of those hidden things. Like maybe if it's gotten so extreme, it's a lot more obvious to people. But like you said, you know, it's one in seven women that are experiencing postpartum depression and then 50% of people not reporting it. You know, it's, it's hard when you're having these hidden feelings and on the outside to family, like I have spoke to people and they're like, oh, like my daughter's okay. Like, I'm like, wow, like, that sounds like she was going through a lot, like in her birth, you know, like, how is she dealing with that? Oh, she's strong. Like, she's great. Like, she's, she's doing good. And it's like, okay, did you really ask her? Like, is she doing like, I think we kind of almost don't want to open up that door in fear of, well, if I ask them how they're really doing, or if I like, you know, on the mom's side, like, if I tell them how I'm really doing, are they going to want to have that conversation? So how can we get better at opening up that door and having that conversation so that we can feel more comfortable to talk to mothers who might be dealing with similar emotions and feelings that you were going through 
and also on the other end, be able to recognize that and help individuals when it might seem hidden. I think that, you know, as cliche as it sounds is, is, is that like, we really honestly have to just start having the conversation. And I think that we have to start listening. So it's like when we do have, you know, if there is a friend of yours who is expressing certain thoughts or certain feelings about their experience that they're having with their, with their child, uh, it's important to really, instead of just, you know, thinking that you're being encouraging by telling them that, you know, they're strong and they can do it and just, you know, get through it uh, by, by actually saying, you know, what can I do to, to help you or, or volunteering to do certain things? You know, like when we look at other cultures, when a woman has a baby, there is a community that surrounds them after the birth of that baby. And so what we see here in America is not necessarily, it's not really always the same thing. Uh, and so it's definitely important. I know for me and potentially thinking of having another child, I really want to create a, a community prior to me having that child so that I can have people around me that can hopefully pour into me and help me when I need it for things that come up when, when you are a mother. And so, you know, volunteering to help, you know, certain things, if there's certain organizations, if there's a mom that you know, who it could be something so simple as just really like sitting with, with someone, literally doing something like, you know, the dishes, or I mean, I wish that I had had somebody to just sit with me at that time, because, you know, um, her father, you know, was on the road and, and was not present and because he was working, like he, he had to go to work. Uh, and so for me, I didn't have, you know, any family like that around me. I had a few family members, but their thought was again, you know, well, you're her mom, you'll get over it, do what you need to do. So it really involves in just having the conversation, really listening, and then volunteering and offering to help in, in different ways that you can so that, you know, she can get through the moment that, that she is having. Uh, and then making sure that you're suggesting uh, that help, maybe help be needed uh, for you know, that she consider help, that she consider going to get help and offering uh, what, what do some of those resources look like if she's unsure about that? Yeah, I definitely agree. Like just starting that conversation, you know, as, as hard as it might be, or even, you know, maybe there isn't anything there, but at least letting them know that that door is open and that, you know, you are willing to listen, I think can make a, a difference in in those struggles and like you said like building up that community and really forming that and shaping that before you have the baby before you're even pregnant I think is is something that we don't get taught to do so for you specifically like what does that community look like like what kind of people are you trying to get in that circle to, to be there to support you? And what are you kind of like hoping for in that community? So for me, it looks like, you know, being a part of different mom groups or support groups, regardless uh, of maybe what they may center their topics on, but just being a part of having some sort of group that I can be associated with to talk about that offers support that offers different resources. Uh, making sure that I have some sort of actual, you know, plan in terms of, you know, what does it look like postpartum for me? You know, what are things that I may need? What are resources that I can call? What are some other things that maybe I haven't thought about from an emotional standpoint? Uh, you know, the community also looks like, you know, thinking about what friends do I have who may also be close to me that could be a level of encouragement or support and, and just thinking wisely about that. Because I think that 
we all, you know, the reality is we all have friends that kind of have different things that they may offer of who they are, their personality. And so really evaluating like who are some people that I really want to make sure that I'm in constant contact with or that are close to me or that I'm expressing certain things to. Uh, that support system also looks like, you know, do I have some sort of regular or consistent therapy that I can make sure is put into place and that I'm utilizing during this time, after this time. And so that's what, you know, just a, what a glimpse of that community would look like for me uh, and, and how I would build that and what that would look like and, and also being unafraid to, to talk uh, when I have the opportunity, when I'm a part of these communities. So if I'm a part of a mom group or if I'm a part of some sort of support group, um, really sharing my experiences and, and, and asking for different advice and their experiences as well so that all of those things can can just be a wealth of information and knowledge to help me through whatever it is that I may need to go through. Yeah. And in that, you mentioned, you know, being unafraid. What are some things that you have found or things that maybe you're still working on to not be so afraid to talk about these things? Like what really motivates you to overcome that fear to be such an advocate for this? I didn't get over that fear until after having the experience. As I had the experience, I definitely lived in fear during that whole time um, because I, I definitely, you know, was afraid that of the label. I was definitely afraid of her being taken away. I mean, I was afraid of a lot of different things. And it wasn't until really after that experience and when I looked around and recognized that, wow, I didn't have any resources. I didn't have anyone that looked like me. I didn't have, I didn't even... I hadn't even heard of anyone talking about the type of thoughts that I was having. And, and just in, in thinking about the lack of resources in my life during that time, it really prompted me to want to be an advocate about my experience, but to also help other women, help other mothers um, who may go through that experience as well. Because I didn't want someone uh, to, to not be able to have a resource, to feel as alone as I felt. Uh, and, and from, you know, dedicating my life to, to trying to encourage other moms and building a nonprofit organization and different things like that, it, it just, it allowed me to kind of live through that fear and move past it because now it's like I can share my story and I'm not concerned about the judgment. I'm not concerned about what someone may think um, because I know what it looks like on the other side, but I also, you know, I know what that experience feels like. Uh, and, and so therefore it doesn't, it doesn't give me that same, you know, doubt or, or fear that I had previously. Yeah. How do you feel we can really start, you know, like you said, you weren't hearing anybody talk about the thoughts that you were having, or there was nobody speaking out about the stuff that you were going through. So how can we kind of make an effort to when we are on the other side, be more open to sharing our stories and our experiences so that it helps people that are still, you know, feeling lonely and still in the dark, you know, hear those stories. I think that uh, a person has to really believe and understand that just because they had that experience doesn't make them, you know, any less of a mother, that it doesn't make them you know that that they're not capable because that they because they went through that experience or that you know they don't have anything to to offer in terms of value i think that there's a lot of shame and guilt that still may be associated with women who might have had that experience so therefore for them to share that you know makes them relive that shame and guilt that they felt during that experience and i think that you have to really reprogram that thought and that feeling uh, that you have about that and understand that 
you know, that experience has made you better and has helped you to be stronger. And, and, and hopefully you're continuing to work through that experience. It doesn't make you any less capable or any less deserving of being able to share that or any, you know, it doesn't measure you that you're not as good of a mom as someone else who didn't experience that. That's not true. And, and we have to, you know, think about what do we believe to be true and then reprogram that so that we can start being more willing to, to share the experiences that we've had. Yeah, I think, you know, when we speak about vulnerability and, and getting over that shame and guilt and everything that's associated with it, you know, we don't have to reveal parts of our story or parts of ourselves in, until we're ready. I think a lot of the times that's what people kind of like, they get stuck or like they think, who would listen to me? Or like, why does my story matter? Or like, okay, yeah, like I got through it, but like, I'm not really sure where I'm trying to go with it. <laughs> I, I think it's like we underestimate the power of our story. Right, right. That's a perfect way to put it. I think it's, we think, okay, yeah, it was really hard. I got through it. Okay, like I'm here. But like, then we stop. And I think there's something really powerful when we continue to share our, even if it seems like a small win or, you know, not that big of a, accomplishment. It's just something that kind of like, we got through, it's over. Now, like you were saying too, like we want to almost forget about it. We don't want to relive it. There is something really powerful when we are able to be willing to share that part of us because it does help release that stigma and, and drop the shame behind others who are still feeling it. And I think if we if we think about it, it would have helped us to hear those stories and hear that language associated with it. What are your thoughts on that? And like, if somebody's kind of feeling like, oh yeah, like I had those thoughts too, but like, what does it matter? Like, I can't help anybody. No, I mean, I completely agree with you. Like, you know, there's so many women who underestimate the power of their story. And so I would just definitely encourage anyone who's had those thoughts or who has a story to share. I mean, no matter what it is, it could be anxiety. It could have been the OCD. It could have been a very traumatic birthing experience. You still have a story that can be shared and that can really help uh, another mom who is going through that experience. So I definitely would really encourage um, anyone to share their story, to not uh, be afraid to share their story. Yeah. So what else have you experienced in motherhood and your journey? And what can you really, I guess, what do you want to express to moms that are maybe going through all of this now for the first time, or maybe, you know, it's not their first child and, and they're feeling like a new mix of emotions and feelings and stuff like what can you kind of share with us that you would like new moms to know I definitely want new moms to know that there's going to be so many lessons that you learn in motherhood uh it, it there is a level of patience that you learn in being a mother there is a level of grace that you definitely learn and even empathy in a way that you may not think uh that you that you'll feel because when you have a a, a child that comes from you or even if it it, it doesn't necessarily even if you adopted a child or you're taking care of a niece or a nephew, but you're playing a role, you know, as a mom, like there is a level of, uh, of, of feelings in terms of like that empathy that you feel for 
this this small individual uh, and the experiences that you, that they'll go through and the thoughts and things that they have and 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 just I mean man just be prepared to to grow uh, and also I, I definitely would encourage like any mom to just work on healing any past trauma and so I you know I say that from an example of you know for me I also grew up in a in a household. I grew up in a few different households, but one of my households was very abusive. And so for me, having that experience, definitely the first thought that I had in terms when it came to discipline for my daughter, you know, could, was definitely from a more corporal punishment standpoint. And, and there's a debate on that. And, and I'm, I'm not whether you're for or against, but what I'm saying is that in going through that actual trauma for me from an abusive standpoint, those traumas can carry over into how you raise your children. So if you grew up abusive, more than not likely you may be abusive to, towards your children. And, you know, the, the list goes on. If you were emotionally abused, you usually are going to be emotionally abusive. And so this is this is statistics. This has been proven in how you may carry that pain. And so I definitely would encourage moms to look at, you know, what previous pain or trauma have they been through that maybe they haven't worked through to make sure that they're that they're being as effective uh, that as they can as a mom uh, and just, you know, evaluate, you know, the things that that you need, like never forget that for me, my strong belief is that I cannot be a good mom if I am not well, if I'm not if I'm not focused on me, I can't focus on on, on anybody else. And so I'm, I'm very much a proponent of making sure that that mom focuses on self just as much as she focuses on her children. So definitely, you know, get get comfortable with understanding that you are a priority too. And I know a lot of moms who lose themselves uh, in motherhood. So, you know, I definitely would encourage don't get to that place. Uh, and, and I think that would probably be, you know, the tidbits that I would offer. Yeah, I agree with all of that so much. I think motherhood has a way of bringing up those past traumas and, and kind of bringing everything to the forefront of life. And I think, you know, it kind of, um, I wrote down, be prepared to grow. I, I love that you said that, because I think that is so true. Like it is going to push you in ways that you never knew you had in yourself. I think it's hard in all aspects, but it's that community that we build. And it's that relationship that we have with ourselves that makes it easier. And so I think when we can really set up that system to work in our favor, it makes it easier. And I think I think that's where like the difference is in, you know, if somebody's saying that it's hard or it's not hard, it's you're feeling that like loneliness. You're feeling like you're you're all alone, you're doing it alone and like nobody could possibly understand. And I don't say that we have to like go through it, but we have to, I guess, be aware of it and like understand that like we can find those resources and we should be helping others to obtain those resources when we can. Absolutely. So I think, <laughs> I think that's why I really, you know, strive to, to be able to tell people like, you know, like it doesn't have to look like this. Like we can find resources and they are obtainable, but you know, like you do have to get connected to them. So do you have any other things to 
to add to embellish on that? No, I mean, absolutely with what you said, like the re we definitely have to be mindful of, you know, obtaining the resources, sharing resources and utilizing them. Because another thing is that once you get the resources, uh, you definitely have to, to use it, right? So when you get information, uh, you can't just let it sit there. You have to definitely put it into place. And it's kind of like, even from a medication standpoint, you know, I, I remember I told my doctor like, oh, I'm terrible at taking pills. Well, if this pill can help save your life, you need to be consistent uh, and serious about about utilizing it for the help that you actually need. And so that goes with any type of resource, especially in regards to motherhood, like, you know, use use the, the things and the people around you to help you through, you know, the, the experiences that you may be having or for whatever it is that you might actually need. So for sure. Awesome. Well, how can we reach you? Tell us, you know, like what you're doing right now. And, and where you're at on social media and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, some of the things that I am working on, well, first, you know, you can follow me. I'm on Instagram at The Real Sasha Nicole. Um, you can also visit my website, uh, www.fearlessinfluence.com. And that's influence without the I. And then I have a nonprofit. That's one of the things that I've been working on. Uh, and it is a 501c3. And basically, it is an organization that's been dedicated to moms who are at risk, who have experienced a postpartum mood disorder. And so I've been working really hard at just really showcasing those experiences, those stories, shedding light on any type of inequities, um, birthing journeys, and just all the while creating a safe space for moms to be able to have a critical conversation, build connection, and form community. Uh, so I'm very excited about the work that I've been doing with that. And uh, so that's something that I've been working on and along with trying to finish a documentary uh, based upon the, the postpartum experience. And, and so uh, if you're interested in any of that, you can definitely go to part of, it's called Partum Evolution and you can go to partumevolution.org. So the real Sasha Nicole, fearless influence and Partum Evolution. Wow, that's amazing. And I think, you know, the work that you're doing is so needed and I think the more that we can really highlight those hidden parts of us, it's going to be better for people that are struggling. So, you know, I, I thank you for doing the work that you're doing and, and coming and sharing your story today and really just opening up about this conversation and, and having the conversation because I think we need more of it. Absolutely. Now, I really appreciate being here, the opportunity and I hope to be able to share, you know, more and just be able to be a beacon uh, of light and, and be able to share the resources, as you mentioned earlier, to really help women across the country. So definitely. Thank you. Well, this wraps up another episode of the Entering Motherhood podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us wherever you are listening because that helps the show grow and expand so that other mamas can learn information on how to heal and navigate in motherhood. And speaking about healing, I just wanted to let you all know that September will be the last month that we are offering our Heal Your Trauma Mama workshop for free. This workshop is a time that you can focus on becoming more aware of yourself and the strength that you have in motherhood. 
it really gives you an opportunity to allow yourself to look deeper and heal so that you can be more present and look at motherhood in a whole new way. We break down different methods that you can utilize that will help you get started with healing from any trauma that might currently be present in your life associated with motherhood, birth, and everything that comes with the transition of entering motherhood. So if this is something that you're interested in, please look out for that and follow the link in the show notes to become a part of this amazing series before we wrap it up and create something entirely new and revamped to help serve moms who may be experiencing some trauma. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much to me. And be sure to subscribe so that you can listen to the latest episodes of the Entering Motherhood podcast. See you later, mamas.